0: If you are sitting at home next to your radio, you're hearing the music faster than you are
1: if you're in the hall. Listening for the secret. Searching for the sound. This is The Sound Podcast with Ira Haberman. Subscribe to our newsletter today at thesoundpodcast.com forward slash subscribe. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Now, here's Ira.
2: The Sound Podcast is proud to be part of the Osiris Podcasting family, a growing community of music and culture podcasts connecting music fans like you with conversation, commentary, and music. For more, visit osirispod.com. The show starts now.
3: He said, none, of you. none of your business, don't you ask no more. He said, if you would do a better job of listening, then maybe you would understand why I'm at the door. You just had to paint the front porch ceiling turquoise. He said, that's the way we do. You claim it keeps out all the evil spirits. Sometimes I can't believe the words are coming out your mouth, but I try because I want to know your heart the best way that I can through the laugh. Pain. And I sometimes it's just insane. A girl, all I wanna do is be your man. Sometimes we'll pretend like we are strangers. Out there meeting up for the first time, I'll be a doctor or a secret agent. Just hoping that you laugh with me as I throw out my line. I had it covered That everything was where It needs to be But then you showed up And you looked me over And now I see Oh, I see And now I see Darling, I see And so I Try because I need to Know your heart the best way that I can For the laughter, for the pain For the way you call my name Girl, all I want to do is be your man I asked you where you've been And you said none yet None your business, don't you
2: ask no more. You've been listening to Hayes Carl and Nanya. the first track off his highly anticipated forthcoming record, What It Is, due out February 15th, 2019. When we first were notified that Hayes was releasing a new record, we needed to get in touch with him right away. He's absolutely one of our favorite songwriters because he paints such vivid pictures and blends excellent wordsmithing with a very dry and sarcastic sense of humor. That isn't to say, though, that he doesn't have a lot to say about the human condition, socio-political issues, or love. What is true, though, is that he does it in a very genuine and authentic way without ramming his perspective down your ears. That's definitely a skill, and it makes his songwriting that much stronger. So when we got in touch, songwriting was where the conversation started when I asked Hayes if his songwriting starts with a theme, an idea, or with words that he writes down on his phone or a notepad.
0: It's different every time, and it really depends. Um, So on this record, there are songs that originated with just an idea in my head, which is where when I first started writing, that's where things would come from. So like... If I may be so bold, I just took that phrase and was hanging on to it and just playing with words and and you know trying to trying to write the verse it's no eternal mystery you don't need a hard-earned clue as to why some some men do their damn get their damnedest when a half a damn will do, and just trying to like have fun with that because to me that was I think I'd eaten a pot cookie or something but i i was, it was trying to you know sometimes those things will come in your head and 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 it's just like a puzzle you got to figure out. So I wrote that, and I go, okay, well, what is, what the hell is this about? (laughs) And and so you know, you get a couplet or just a great rhyme, and and then build the song out of that, and find the story within it, kind of like a, uh, you know, you're carving the sculptor finding what you know what's inside the rock and what's going to show itself. And then there are a lot of these songs were co-written, and that has a lot to do with you know who I'm writing with, and and so a lot of a lot of those people came in with titles. So Lolo came in with Fragile Men and, yes. and we thought, okay, well, we know what this is about. It ended up changing what it was about a week later, but, but the idea was that got us off and running. A Trace Berg bird came in with Jesus and Elvis, which reminded me of a bar that had this amazing story. And I wanted to, I said, let's, let's write about that. And here's the story and here's the title and we're off and running. So it can, it can be any number of things. An American Dream started with a melody and and a bunch of babble and I didn't know what it was going to be about exactly but I had this melody that I really liked and and spent a long time working on the lyrics for that.
2: Is it a case of um, you having a whole bunch of melodies and a whole bunch of ideas um, written down or or recorded somewhere and you're sort of uh, constantly putting those puzzle pieces together or is it more of a case of piece by piece you sort of grab from here and there and, and work with the songwriters that, that you do work with to, to create some of these, uh, frankly, masterpieces.
0: Oh, thank you. Um, it's again, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's buried. So I have, I have a collection of voice memos on my phone, which is now, where everything <laughs> resides. days, <laughs> was just very surreal to say, you know, I remember the early days where I just thought if I could just get a tape recorder that I could carry around with me, I would, all these amazing songs would happen because I was always just making stuff up in my head and I can't read my own handwriting. So I thought that would be the thing that saved me. And now, now I've got it on my phone and it kind of is. So I, I compile all those. I'll go through every couple of weeks. I'll, I'll go through and clean out my, my recording box, and I'll listen to everything and say this was crap. Throw this away. Throw this away. I already did this. Okay, this one has something to it. Let me put it in on file of songs to write. So I've got a file in my iTunes with like 300 songs that I'm gonna write someday. Yeah, <laughs> that's I, ideally, you know, if I get 30 of them, I'll be lucky. But but there there's some there's a kernel of something there where I say this is, has enough to it. I want to revisit. I want to hang on to this idea. And it could be a melody. It could be a lyric that I, I mean, what I generally do is I just hit record and start making shit up. And so sometimes, you know, that's a lot of babble and nothing comes of it. And it's embarrassing to listen to. And sometimes some things will show themselves when you're not overthinking it and, uh, some great imagery or some, a narrative will start happening. And, and, uh, so I, I want to hang on to those and, Yeah, sorry, I've gotten my answer so much, I forgot the question.
2: Well, no, it was just a case of, you know, putting all of those pieces together. And does it require uh, a collaborator to put those pieces together or to point you in a direction? Um, Because you have so much stuff. I'm curious about the role of the collaborator. and, And, you know, let's be frank, these aren't, you know, no names. These are uh, p- prolific writers on their own, whether it's Alison Murray or Charlie Mars. I mean, these are um, amazing songwriters uh, on their own. Is that what they are? They sort of the glue that puts these things together. That helps you put these things together. Sometimes,
0: and sometimes they're the inspiration, and sometimes they're doing the heavy lifting. <laughs> you know, it's you don't divide up on the on the title you know, who did what or how much, what percentage of the song was written by so-and-so. Again, I, I keep saying this, but it's a different situation every time. So like, you know, a lot of times I'll work with people who are great musicians, which I'm not. So like Adam Landry on this record, we wrote three or four songs together. And what's really cool is he can help me get out of my little rut of my three chords and, and he can play every instrument and, and it's proficient and a badass at all of them and, so he can really help me on the melodic side, where maybe more uh, the lyric side is a little more my strength. For him, he can musically take me out of these places that I can find myself stuck in. And so that's something where you know we're, we're, we each kind of have our strength, and and hopefully it adds up to a, something greater than the the parts. You know, a lot of times, yeah, the, the the process of building a song is really interesting. I get really frustrated when it doesn't happen. Immediately, because a lot of times just envisioning the song is enough for me. And I'll go, you know, on these little voice memos I'm talking about, I'll listen to it and I'll go, okay, I know what this is going to be. So done. And and it's not it's not done. The song hasn't been written yet. In in my mind, in my imagination, I can see how it's going to make me feel, how cool it's going to be, how great it's going to land. But that's a whole process. And sometimes that happens immediately but most of the time it doesn't and it can be really frustrating cuz you come up and you hit this wall and you go oh well i i see how great it's going to be why can't it just be there and you got to sit down and do the work and and that's where the you know the different stages of drafting the song and trying out ideas and and it can be really frustrating but it can also be a, a really cool process and and it's one where that's where having the co-writer the co-collaborator It's really helpful to me because one, it keeps me from giving up and it brings the first set of eyes to things. So when I get stuck, you know, maybe they pull me in a different direction or, or show me something that I couldn't see because I was too close to it from a certain angle. And then you try that out and maybe you take one element of that and you move on to the next draft. And and this happens. And here comes a wild idea out of left field. Why don't we, you know, do this and have a breakdown here and put a string section there? And what if we go from first person to third person? And it just evolves and evolves and and if you, what I found is if I can get over the part where I want immediate gratification and just enjoy the and appreciate the process, that it, it's really remarkable. And and the more that I do that, and the more patience I have to just steadily work. And understand that at some point, if I do my job, if I work, there I will have something to show for it. And if I get past that immediate gratification, that need for immediate gratification and my own laziness, you know, good things will come.
2: There is a sentiment or a um, uh, sense of humor. I don't know if it's a sense of humor necessarily, but there is a consistency to the writing, whether you're collaborating or not. And I don't know if that's um, specifically the tone of your of your voice or if it's the way you enunciate certain parts, but there seems to be a hayes Carl sound that is consistent throughout. And, you know, I, I remember talking to you about, you know, not... Even while taking subject seriously, there is kind of this tongue-in-cheek thing that goes on um, with most of the pieces. Um, is that kind of your veneer that you you sprinkle on top of all of these songs, or is it just something that kind of comes through because of your personality when you're when you're singing these songs? You think?
0: Uh it's probably a combination. I mean, the my personality, I think, shows up for sure and I do have a style uh, of you know just vocally sonically tonally what I sound like you know my voice has limitations but hopefully it has some personality and character which can make up for a lot you know I may not hit the notes but you'll know it's me when I miss them and that's you know for the for the artists that I, I am the biggest fan of or a lot of them they have that whether it's Christopherson or John Prine or or or, or Bob Dylan. It, uh, it's a it's a long list of a lot of people that that make me care. There's something in their voice that that stands out to me. So we, you know, I'm I'm not. I don't approach every song trying to be tongue in cheek. There are some that lend themselves to that. I mean, I do appreciate humor, and and there are some songs where I take that approach because I think it's the more effective way to get across what I'm trying to say. Um, especially when I'm dealing with politics, social issues, it's a, it's a way to get in there without scaring everybody off. But also sometimes I think it's an effective way to deliver something because I think, uh, like, for instance, with this song, Fragile Men, we wrote it post-Charlottesville, and it was aimed at at mocking and trying to embarrass and make, of these neo Nazis, these white supremacists, these wannabe Klansmen um, out there marching around with their tiki torches, chanting "Jews will not replace this." Not a light subject, and one that I was very passionate about. But also me shouting about what assholes they are. I don't know that that moves a needle in any direction. I don't know what we did moves a needle in any direction either. But at the very least, I can get a chuckle out of making fun of them, um, which I, I think they would be more hurt by than me saying, I don't approve of their, their beliefs on racial
2: equality. There is, um, this authenticity, uh, to your lyrics, um, and things you don't want to know, uh, in a, in many ways captures that, um, that search for authenticity or, uh, genuineness. Um, there are so many songs on this record um, that that do the, that. And I'm glad that you mentioned the political climate because um, it is so polarizing in the United States, whether you're on the left or uh, on the right. And being able to just have these um, conversations and, you know, in many ways, it's your opportunity to have these conversations with your audience or with people that are you know lighting these tiki torches and being assholes um that's really important but i don't think you specifically seek out a political agenda is that is that accurate
0: yeah i i would say so i mean with my with my art I, i'm i touch on politics but i'm i don't know i mean i write about the things that i care about and and that i'm that i'm moved by And that I feel comfortable doing. And I I mean there are a lot of things I care about that I don't necessarily put into my work. But there are times and on this record in particular, there was a few a few things that I just felt like expressing. So with times like these, one of the, the tracks on the record, you know, that was just that was born out of frustration and anger. I'm tired. You know, that saying I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm tired of the the tension, the resentment, the anger, the discord between citizens. And it's not, I I know that we don't live in a world where everything's going to be hunky dory and everybody gets along, but there's a, there's such a lack of respect for each other that, that leads to such an inability to listen to each other that we can't have empathy for one another. And if you can't have empathy for each other, then you become, they become, the other becomes the other and, and and someone that you don't care about and you want to win or defeat over and protect yourself. And you know, whether it's the president or whether it's the media or whether it's the the talk show host or wherever it comes from, it's troublesome to me that I have a lot of friends who believe wildly different have wildly different political beliefs than I do. We do not need to hate each other because they feel this way about a certain issue. What I would hope for, and what I try to foster with my own dialogue with people is the ability to listen to each other and to respectfully disagree. And uh, because once I write you off as not worthy of having an opinion, uh, I don't know why I should expect you to care about my opinion. And, at the end of the day, I think we have more in common than than separates us, and and focusing on that and and some sort of respect and appreciation for each other, regardless of our political opinions, I think could open up a dialogue that would that would go a long way towards understanding each other. So that's all that's my my long winded plea no. for peace and love.
2: <laughs> in many ways, that's the theme of Wild Pointy Finger, right? I mean, it's it's this notion of not necessarily. Um, judging and condemning, but being able to bring everybody into a tent and sort of have have the conversation, right?
0: Well, I think a well, wild pointy finger is, it's about the judges and it's about the ones who can't look in the mirror and say, you know what? There is a chance that I might be wrong. There is a chance that you might not be crazy because it takes some, um, security, I think, and some sort of humility to be able to say, I might be wrong here. I'm going to let down my guard and let you talk to me about what you believe and I'm going to have enough confidence in myself that I can have a discussion and I'm not going to feel threatened by your opinion and I'm going to be able to discuss my opinion and maybe I'll learn something. That's, you know, perfect world scenario. I, I, I see very little of that. It's all about winning the soundbite and And so that, that's what that song is about is is the people who go around judging and it's a lot easier to distract you know whatever you're pointing your finger at that's where people are looking, and you're never pointing it at yourself and so this character, you know who could be who could be me or could be someone just created, is going around pointing his finger at everybody but himself, and so what you know there's that that's whether that's foreigners or artists or NFL players or people marching or whatever it is that's the characters going around finding fault with all of it
2: love continues to be uh, a big theme for you and relationships I think between uh, men and women continues to be uh, a big theme obviously Um, Nanya certainly tackles an eccentric uh, an eccentric relationship um, but there are, you know, songs like I Will Stay, which which is a- another uh, beautiful uh, love song. Are these personal relationships or are these um, noting other people's relationships? How do how do you write about um, relationships so well? I, I think you're married and I I'm, I'm I, I've seen stuff on um on social media, about um, how much you care for uh, your partner. Um, so, is it is it a <laughs> is it a case of uh, your own experience or or just the human condition and and observing that human condition?
0: Well, on this record, uh, uh, first of all, I'm engaged, but these songs are mostly about Allison. Uh, I'm I'm not just writing about the universal love or relationships they're specifically about her and about me and, and my feelings in our relationship and so Nanya's inspired by her and things she says and and things that we do <laughs> and, and you know that's very very specifically about uh, uh you know the language taken from her and and um, you know, I never wrote much about my relationships before. I was I was married before, but I I didn't really find a way or the need to bring that into my uh, art. But in a way that I feel now, like I need to do because it's just you know whether that was where I was as an artist or if it's reflective of the relationship um, that I was in. It's it's it just wasn't a part of it. And now I spent a lot of time spend a lot more time working on my relationship than i did in the past and trying to figure it out appreciating it so that's where my head and my heart is a lot of the time so it finds its way into songs uh more frequently these days
2: a uh, beautiful thing i think is uh <laughs> you know just a just shows that that passion and that and that love and it's it's um it's a it's a great tune as well on this record. There are phrasings where I listened to the record and I just um, I either giggled out loud or I giggled to myself. But just the being able to put pieces together, you know, in in Jesus and Elvis, when you say things like "Where the Delta meets the Sea of Galilee," I mean that's just that's so smart. And and I I don't know if that's a line that you spent hours thinking about or it came naturally but just being able to pull pieces like that together and and being able to provide that image or even in you know beautiful thing you provide incredible imagery of of you running around new york and and you know obviously (coughs) can't, can't um wanting to to uh meet up with allison i mean being able to paint those pictures and tell a story and do it in a way that is not uh, blatant is, is just a, a, really a gift. And, and I'm curious if, if you're going to go it alone, if you still require, you know, um, collaborators to, to write some of this stuff. Is it, you know, or is it, you know, are we going to reach a point where Hayes is just writing this? He's figured out how to master a puzzle and... How to how to put these pieces together <laughs> on, on his own? Oh, I don't,
0: I don't, uh, I don't see that necessarily happen. I mean, I I started out writing writing on my own. My first record was all by myself. Second record, I had like two co-writes on it. Um, third one had two or three, um, and I just progressively started writing more as I had more opportunity and more ability with other people. Because, you know, that started out initially just, you know, I had a chance to write with Guy Clark. I had a chance to write with Ray Wiley Hubbard. I had a ch- I had these amazing opportunities to write with uh, J.D. Souther or, you know, people that are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or the Songwriters Hall of Fame or the Country Music Hall of Fame. Like just giants of of the craft. So that was my school. That was my education. There, there was not a uh, a songwriter school that I had access to. So to me, that was it, to go and write with those people. That was just an incredible opportunity. And then there's a point where I did it out of necessity because I my well had run dry a little bit. And uh, for whatever reason, I was hitting walls and not able to get around them. So I was leaning on people pretty heavily to help me get out of that, to, to give me some direction. And you know, I hate to say it, but it's, it's where I was at a point. And now I'm in a sort of a place where I'm just, I, I feel like I've come out of that and and I'm capable of writing songs on my own, but I really appreciate what other people bring to it. I feel like very often that input is what puts it over the top, what makes it come together. So with, the, with Jesus and Elvis, you know, that was a song, I wrote that with Allison and uh, Matrice DeBerg, and I don't remember who came up with that particular line. But I know that song would not exist as it is if I had not had those two artists in the room with me. So it's, it's you know, sometimes it's a, it's a weird alchemy of the people you get and the mood you're in and what's happened to you that day and how hard you worked coming up with an idea before you get there. And sometimes it doesn't work and you think, oh, I can do this on my own. I don't need these people. Uh, but there's times where it works and it's magical. It's absolutely magical. And for those, that's what I'm, uh often chasing is those times where where you get lightning in a bottle and and something happens that would not have happened either way
2: what's more rewarding for you putting out your own record of songs or having um an artist like leanne womack a womack cover your music or hard-working americans what's what's more rewarding hearing hearing you sing your own music and and You know, noticing that it's moving up charts, or being on the radio, or being on a great podcast, or hearing the hardworking Americans or uh, Leanne cover your cover your work.
0: Well, they both feel good. (laughs) Um, You know, it's a it's a little bit different in that you know the hearing my own stuff. It has so much to do with you know the career that I've built and 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 the people that helped me. Make that record, and and there's just so many parts of it. that it, it, it feels it's it's satisfying and incredible, but it's sort of it's it, it's in one area that's different than having your songs covered. In that, that is when I started out doing this when I was 15, and would just you know had a pencil and paper in my bedroom, and I'm just trying to write my thoughts out in, in the hopes that they wouldn't sound terrible. And then I could capture that and and maybe have something to say, which was sort of the motivating factor for me, was the feeling like I had something to say that was worthy of being read or repeated or sung. That's why I got into all this in the first place. And so when somebody covers your song, it's a validation of that in a way. It says somebody, somebody thought this was worthy enough to repeat it. Like with me, I'm doing it because, I wrote it and I don't have anything else to sing and, and it's the only way I can get my name out there. But when somebody else does it, particularly somebody with the voice of Leanne Womack or with the career and creativity of Todd Snyder and the hardworking Americans like that that was such a huge thing for me that that Todd, who's one of my big influences and one of my songwriting and creative heroes, will cover my song. That's a really incredible feeling. To sit with him on the tour bus while he plays the track for you for the first time or to hear leanne womack's voice speaking these words that you wrote and but never imagined them sounding so good so it's a unique thing and that it's 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 like uh it's much more personal in a way it's it just feels like something between you and that person and it's just a special moment for me when i hear somebody cover my songs whereas. When I hear myself, it just feels much broader, like there's a, a lifetime of stuff that went into it, and uh, uh, not just my, not
2: my pen and my brain. Taking that one step further, um, being nominated for a, a Grammy for uh, a song that you wrote must be um, even greater validation of, of your work and, and the time that you put into the music that you create
0: yeah I mean it it's uh it's funny I mean hearing the having leanne record it was more validation for me than it being nominated for an award, oddly, but it just because I have no idea what goes into that process of i mean getting you know of award shows and Grammy nominations and stuff and i've and I've seen some weird stuff in the past where there's part of me that doesn't want to know and and, and tries to not put too much faith into it uh having said that it's an incredible honor and i mean i was thrilled that it happened but again like with leanne picking in a song i can i know where that's coming from i can say this is an artist that i respect and they have chosen this song to record there's no behind the scenes there's no lobbying for it there's no, whatever it's, it's just they. This song moved them, and they decided to do do a version of it. Uh, it's so it's just it's easier for me to track like what that means and and who I should be grateful to and and whatnot. So I'm I'm thrilled, and I hope I hope we get many more nominations and actually win one someday. That would be incredible. But the, I think just the, the actual idea that Lee Ann or Kenny Chesney or Todd Snyder or whoever recorded the song is,
2: uh, is the most special part of it. Uh, what it is doesn't come out for a couple of weeks, uh, middle of February, February 15th. You are on the road, <clears throat> uh, touring extensively through uh, February, March, and uh, April into May, in June even. Um, is performing these songs really the the best thing to happen i mean is it is it being able to tell these stories to actual people with um uh actual faces and and seeing their reaction their visceral reaction to these songs is that is that the best part of of writing these songs and 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 putting them out there
0: uh i don't know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> to be honest because i mean i i haven't even gotten the band together yet to work them up
2: okay um, but but based on past experience of being on yeah. on tour and stuff yeah
0: i mean it uh, it can be i mean there's there is it's interesting because the you, you first of all you record the songs and there are some songs that just don't translate well live you know depending on the night and your audience and so that's something that There are songs, the songs, a lot of the songs that I'm most proud of having written or recorded are the songs that don't necessarily work with the live audience uh, as well. But then there's our songs that that I love that we've recorded that you take it out in front of a live audience and it becomes a whole different thing. It has it creates its own energy. It comes alive and and that's an incredible feeling when that happens and to know to get that sense when you can feel it and it's palpable and you're on stage and they're singing along and there uh there is an energy you can see the passion in people's faces and how they're reacting to this or how it moves them that is an indescribable feeling you know it's hard to say with each record before you take it out what's going to happen and what you know will these songs translate live will they become something different will they become bigger will they take on a new meaning time will tell i hope so it's, it's an incredible thing when that happens but uh yeah we're gonna we're gonna start working them up next week and uh hit the road and and we'll see what happens but uh, that, that's the interesting part is is you know how what's the audience's relationship going to be with this what's your relationship going to be with the audience how does this stuff translate does it translate and
2: you'll you'll continue to play some of your catalog stuff too, right? It's not just what it is. One night of what it is in Houston, Texas at McGonagall's M- Mucky Duck. This is, uh, you know, all of the canon that Hayes Carl canon on, on tour.
0: You know, I'll be highlighting and featuring the new stuff, but but there'll always be uh, catalog stuff. There, You know, we've t- kicked around the idea of doing, you know, four, three, four, five, six night residencies in places where we do a specific album each night which would be fun to do sometime. But uh, for my typical shows, no, I won't do that. I'm just going to be out be featuring the newer stuff, but uh, we'll always have uh, stuff from previous records on there.
2: Hey, thanks for um, another great record. Thanks for taking the time again with us. We really appreciate it and uh, continued success uh, in everything that you do. Uh, We really really do uh, appreciate your music and um, we look forward to seeing you Uh, on the road in in the not-too-distant future. So thanks for taking the time, man. Really appreciate it. I
0: appreciate you, and uh, thanks for what you do. It's good to catch up with you again.
2: A very candid conversation with an absolutely brilliant songwriter who, as you could hear, is quite humble about his craft. Certainly, if the likes of his hero like Todd Snyder, Leanne Womack, or Kenny Chesney are so quick to cover his songs, you know he is doing something right. The album, What It Is, is due out February 15th, and I can tell you it's worth repeated listening time. When you do get a chance to hear the record, pay particular attention to his carefully crafted phrasing, tremendous use of language, and indeed the vivid way he paints a picture. You can learn more about Hayes' other recordings and his upcoming tour at Hayes that's with 2Ls.com. Before we leave you, have a listen to Jesus and Elvis, a song we talked about quite a bit in this interview, one that we think absolutely showcases Hayes's excellent storytelling ability.
3: Jesus and Elvis Painted on velvet Hanging at the bar here every night It's good to be back again Oh, me and my old friends beneath the neon cross and the string of Christmas lights. Lola built this joint in '67. Then a boy went off to fight on Christmas Eve in a war nobody won. She lost her only son. Now everything he loved. what you see Jesus and Elvis painted on velvet hanging at the bar here every night Between the drunkards and the band It's a fitting promised land For the king of kings And the king of rock and roll Jesus and Elvis Painted on velvet Hanging at the bar Here every night It's good to be back and a string of Christmas lights It's good to be back again Oh, me and my old friends Beneath the neon cross and a string of Christmas lights Bye and bye or redemption Where the delta meets the sea of Galilee Get washed in the blood of the Mississippi mud Come on you non-believers
1: and you'll see You've been listening to The Sound Podcast, technical production by Adam Karsh and Andrea Ruse, inspired by the music we love. Subscribe to our newsletter today at thesoundpodcast.com forward slash subscribe. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. The Sound Podcast is part of the Osiris Network. For more, visit osirispod.com. Thanks for listening.
2: Osiris.